Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of PR Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you a special guest, Dr. Renee Volney-Darko, who is an ob guy and as well as the founder of Pre-Med Strategies. She is actually someone that I have known of since I was a pre-medical student, a medical student. Like That's how uh, long she's been in this space helping out pre-medical students. And this episode is going to be an amazing one. Why? Because we are going to be talking to a person who specializes in helping someone get to that next level. Like a lot of us, especially us physicians, we always started out saying, I want to be a doctor. And there's always that like long time period where you kind of want to be a doctor and then you kind of meet that hurdle. And people like Dr. Renee are the reason why we get over said hurdle. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear about her company, uh, Pre-Med Strategies, the web-based program that she uses, MedEc. And more importantly, what about the pre-med mindset is different now than what it was beforehand? So just like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and Tell not one friend, but tell 10 friends about this week's episode, especially if they have aspirations into getting into medical school. And today I am so thankful and glad to have a, it's almost like a superstar. I almost have a superstar in the building who I don't even know if she really, like, because I've been knowing Dr. Darko, Dr. Renee Darko, uh, before she even knew who I was, right? Like, I just knew of the name because I kind of came up in the system of, the Student National Medical Association, right? So we just kind of knew who Dr. Renee was. And I am so glad and excited to have her today on the show, really to honestly try to pick her brain on why she even went the direction she went. Cause like, like I pray, I pray for her like every day when I say, cause I know what it's like to be a pre-medical student trying to get into that journey. And I know what it's like to have good mentors and what it's like not to have good mentors. Uh, Dr. Darko, is it Dr. Darko, Dr. Renee Darko? How do, how do you how do you want to be pronounced here so we can make sure? Oh, Dr. Renee is fine. Dr. Dr. Renee, Renee is so fine. Dr. Renee, how can, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for joining uh, our episode today. We much appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was, I was actually very honored. I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, I got a, you know, I got an invitation from Dr. Barry. <laughs> Like you talking about, I'm a superstar. I was like, mm, Dr. Barry, he sees me. <laughs> oh, I said, no, I, I had, I was uh, so funny. I was talking to our, our VA because we're trying to work the whole new process of, you know, you know, you know, onboarding and getting new guests. And she was just like listening. People like, oh, who do you want to see? I was like, oh, I, I want to see her. I want to see this, this, this. And I I made sure, like, even before, it's so funny, even because I already, we already had uh, your husband on, but I was like, no, nah, we definitely got to get Dr. Renee. Like, if we had to, <laughs> if, 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 if I had to pick and choose, Right. I'd I rather lead for Dr. Renee um, be, just because of the superstar that she has that she probably doesn't realize. Oh. It. Um, the superstar. <laughs> I like now nah, we got to make sure we get Dr. Renee on, uh, you know, to, to bless us in the, the lunch and learning community. Thank you. My head is this big now. <laughs> no, it, should. It, it should. It should. Like, like I said, I, I, can't, I can't remember. 
I don't know if I think I was the associate regional director or the regional director, just something in that that ilk as far as SMA. We just kind of heard of the legend, right? It was just the legend of Dr. Nancy. Like it was just like, oh, like, oh, there's someone I got to. And then I think we probably officially met years later. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you remember, but like I used to be SMA, like you were like that person. And then SMA. And first, I've, I'm gonna record say Student National Medical Association is probably the best organization hands mm-hmm. down, um, yeah. especially because of what it's meant to me and my career. So like and anytime I get one of the superstars uh, from that from that era, I like I like to put them on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Barry. I'm really like I'm truly, truly excited to be here to kind of share, um, you know, everything that I possibly can with your audience. But I know, you know what you do. I see all the things that you do and all the information that you share. So I want to say thank you for, you know, doing that and having the courage and especially in some of the controversial things that are going on right now mm-hmm. to be able to share your t- your TikToks yes. on point. Yes. Your TikTok, you don't stop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to put the pressure on. Right. And I that's it. That's it. Spotlight, you know, that I've been given. So like I'm going to like I'll, I'll take all the arrows. Yeah. So Dr. Renee, tell us like. For those who may not know, those who may not read the description because we make sure you have your bio in there. Who is Dr. Renee, right? And how and how do we get to the point where like she's here, you know, blessing us today? So my name is Dr. Renee Volney Darko. You can call me Dr. Renee. And I'm a board certified OBGYN. And typically when I'm not delivering babies or in the operating room, I am trying to help underrepresented pre-meds in medicine get into medical school. And I do that. Um, through primarily now a program that I call MEDEC, which is uh, called MEDEC for Medical Education Equity. And that's where I help students uh, interface with directly, actually, with medical school recruiters and diversity officers through diversity recruitment as well as pre-career development. So I have been doing some version of this um, for the last over 15 years, almost 20 years now I've been doing this and you know, it's a joy. It's, it's, especially when, when, when I start and I just remember, you know, what it was like to kind of be within an organization of like-minded and really like, look like, you know, people kind of look like me, Mm -hmm. um, individuals kind of all going in that same path. And I just, I remember, all of the mentors uh, along the way. So that's, I'm again, I'm just uh, happy for you, right? That you were, you. that you wanted to kind of take that mantle on and really kind of continue running, right? Cause you could have easily said like, Hey, you know, I was, I was already a superstar, you know, in my, in my suit, <laughs> in my world, right? Like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm a, I'm in hall of fame. I'm a retire, but you were like, no, I'm going to, even though you, the fact that you're ob behind delivering babies Y'all know my story, right? They kept kicking me out of the room. So I already kind of knew women's health wasn't going to be for me, right? So like, <laughs> I went to internal medicine. But you'll still do that and still say, like, you know what? I still want to help, right? Those right. who clearly need, because we clearly do, who clearly need the help is just so commendable um, in, in that ilk. Now, was there any, like, turn of events that kind of made you say, like, like this is what I want to do. This is kind of, like, the passion that I have. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't think people realize what's going on in their own journeys until kind of they get to a point in a journey. You know what I mean? You just kind of go through life and you're like, oh, this is happening to me. And then you 
look back years later and you realize, oh, wait a minute, like this probably was happening for a reason. And now you can draw from that. And for me, that experience was actually being someone who I literally was like a great student growing up, right? Like I was valedictorian of my preschool. This is not a joke. <laughs> okay. I was valedictorian of my preschool. You know, I was the only person in my eighth grade class to get a scholarship um, to high school. I went to a private high school and then I was salutatorian um, of my high school, got a partial scholarship to college. So I was a pretty good student. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you were probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drberrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Got to the first year of college and was not a good student. Like I mm. had such poor study habits. I didn't know it at the time, but I had such poor study habits for the volume of information and just the way that, you know, that college is right. Like you have classes on Tuesday, but you don't have class on Wednesday, you know, and you're really supposed to be studying that Wednesday, but you don't. Nope. That was me. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember my little Tuesday, Thursday schedule. thinking Sweet. <laughs> Like, because I, I still remember they like, oh, I'm gonna take all Tuesdays, Thursday classes, have all these, right. classes, not realizing that then all of the tests were on. So I was like, all right, never, never again. Right, exactly, and that that was exactly what was happening to me. And by the time I ended my first, I was ending, I should say, my first semester. So I was 18 years old. By the time I was ending my first semester, I went to go and see my uh, pre med advisor, and I had to see her. Uh, particularly because she had to sign off on my next semester's classes. So I went to her and I said, okay, now let me preface this first by saying that she was also my chemistry teacher and I was failing chemistry. <laughs> I was not doing well in her class. <laughs> so I go to her and I'm like, listen, you know, I'm not really doing well. I could, I still didn't figure out what was going on, right? Because I had studied like this all my life. So for me, I was like, I don't know what the problem is. Mm. And she said something to me that day that I was just like, okay. What she said was, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a doctor. I want to go to medical school. And she said, hmm, maybe you should go to dental school instead. Then she paused and she said, no, but that's hard to get into also. Maybe you should just go to graduate school and do something else. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. and this is all first semester. So we had first we had, I was 18 years old, it was my first semester. And so this valedictorian, this preschool valedictorian, high school salutatorian, uh scholarship earner was now faced with someone who basically was telling her um Slow down there, cowgirl. You, you're dreaming way too high. And so that hit me like a ton of bricks. Not only did she do that, but she also proceeded to sign off on part two of all the classes I was taking, including wow. the chemistry class that I was not doing well in. So she never went over with me my... um she never went over with me my course load. She never asked me what was my study habit. She didn't ask me anything except for the questions I literally said to you here today. And so, you know, I went to 
my, you know, I, I actually called my parents on the phone. I was bawling and they were saying, you know, just keep going. Don't listen to her. But the problem was they didn't know how to help me. They didn't know what to tell me to do to get into right. medical school. And I was clueless. I didn't know. I didn't know what a prerequisite was. I didn't know anything at all. Fast forward into my third year or what should have been my junior year. I don't even know what year it was at that point because my credits were all over the place because I had failed some courses and things like that. Um, and this young lady in my physics physics class, she gives me the MSAR. You know, the, it used to be like a little booklet at the time. And it said that these are the prerequisites for medical school. Well, I took that book <laughs> to my dorm room. And after reading that book, I was on the floor, bawling on the floor. Because I realized that I was a chemistry major at the time. Um, I was taking courses that I didn't need to take, that I thought I had to take in order to get into medical school. They were not on the prerequisite list. And I was like, what did I just do to myself? And I was also nowhere near close to graduating the following year. And so, um, you know, Eventually, I had a friend of mine. He was like, listen, maybe you should go talk to this person. I had not actually returned to ever speak to my pre-med advisor again, which, you know, we'll talk about later why that first, was a mistake. Was that first uh, encounter? That was a, yeah, that first encounter was a no. I was like, listen, I'm traumatized. I don't want to go back to you. So I never went back to her, which was a mistake. And, you know, in hindsight, it was a mistake. Uh, but I did end up going to someone else. And then she helped me out, taught me about post-bac. Um, I became a post-bac student, eventually did very well, and then ended up, um, I took the MCAT twice, bombed it the first time, but came back the second time pretty strong, um, and then got into medical school on the first try. So, you know, after that experience, I was like, man, how many people are like me? And mm -hmm. you'd be surprised. There are, well, you probably won't be surprised, but <laughs> other people might be. There are a lot of people who are like me. So, yeah, and there still are. What was so interesting, especially because I, I remember kind of talking about, you know, like my failures in the past. Right. And I remember like when I was an undergrad uh, failing organic chemistry, failing like this was my semester. I failed organic chemistry, biochem, um, maybe physics. Like it was like it was that semester was wild. Like, <laughs> it was just wild. Yeah. And like I was in that same position where like I thought like, oh, well, I guess, uh, you know, this whole doctor thing, like, it was, was yeah. nice, right? Because all I have ever heard was that, you know, you do this, you get four years of this degree, you get all A's or whatever, and then you, like, you poof, right? I had never heard of the stories of people who didn't do that, right? So it was, it was such a shock to me that, again, I, I remember I was contemplating, I'm like, all right, you know, you know, I, I kind of like, I kind of like, Heck, I kind of like computer, like I, like all these random snares, but like I remember being stuck because I had never thought of myself other than, you know, Dr. Pierre. Like I never like it never even crossed my mind that that it was an option that I wouldn't be uh, a doctor. So when right. I run into this roadblock and it hits you like a ton of bricks and, yeah. and then I did the same thing. I was like, wow, did anybody else? It might be because we all we always think that. I don't know why we always think that. We always think we are the only person who has gone through like yes. the obstacle, right? Yes. And, and so I like so I'm I'm thankful for your story, right? Because I think more more pre meds and even the doctors out here, and especially the residents, like they need to hear that it isn't all rosy, 
right? This, right. this isn't a path that, you know, we just kind of jug along and then we just kind of get there. Like there's going to be some bumps and bruises. So I definitely appreciate uh, you sharing your story because I've said it before. And I think and people are always like shocked. People are always shocked. Like, oh, you failed? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I failed. <laughs> like, we think I'm perfect. My, right. And, and mind you guys, this wasn't like a, like, oh, if you just do, you know, if I just got a couple of questions here, like, nah, nah, it was a good fail. Like, it yeah. was a, yeah. it was a pretty, it, it was a pretty I mean, strong. like, yeah, that's right. It's pretty strong. Like, I went all in on that fail. You know, like, one went all in. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, was, there was no shadow. There was no question like that. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. Dude, we talking about 40s and 30s on, on our quizzes. You know, like, we ain't no punk. We gonna go all in on this fail. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we went all in. So I'm definitely glad because, again, I think a lot a lot of people, again, even though we're saying, like, they, for some reason, they, it doesn't click to them, right? That, yes. like, no, you, you can still get to, like, where we're at. Right. And, and have, you know, the, the, those hiccups, right? You know, that especially, you don't think it's hiccup then, right? You think it's the end of the world, right? But you can have those hiccups, like getting to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, it, it's such an important point that you just made because you're right. A lot of pre-meds, they don't realize that you don't have to be perfect in order to get into medical school, you mm. know? And I love it. I you, love that. You, you, you have to start, and I, I tell them, you have to start thinking like a doctor before you ever get there. And that starts with getting help, right? You have to start with getting help. If you know, and this is why I said it was a mistake for me not to go back to that pre-med advisor. But for me, what I probably should have done, and, and if maybe I had a mentor at that time, that would have happened, but what I probably should have done was I probably should have gone back to her and said, you know what? I actually do want to be a doctor and I still believe that I can be. And I need you to help me to get there and really advocate for myself. Right. Doctors are advocates. Doctors ask for help. Like these are the things that doctors do. And so I, I try to incorporate those things into what I do with pre-meds so that they realize, wait a minute, if I'm embodying those characteristics of a good physician now, what, you know, how good of a physician will I be much later on, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all intuitive. Like everything that we do in medicine can be, you know, really funneled into this process of even getting into medicine. Now, let's, let's talk about that, especially because you obviously, you know, they're, they're kind of the subject at hand. Let's talk about pre-meds and what it, what mm -hmm. it's like to be a pre-med whether it's like just their mindset in general, right? Especially you've taken care of so many, you work with so many. Like I said, I like I'll every now and then like I'll, I'll reach that peripheral. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're deep deep in it, right? What what is that yeah. pre med mindset? And, and again, mind you, like I'll date myself. I I let me see. I'm in medical school at oh seven. Uh, to 11 right so yeah. that's or 14 years like so I'm almost I don't even want to know what how they think now versus like the way I used to think because <laughs> <laughs> well you know what I don't think much has changed I really mm -hmm. don't I don't I think that pre-med mindset you know I talk about pre-med mindset a lot a lot lately because I'm realizing all the check boxes of here, you got to take these prerequisites. You got to do this volunteer experience. You got to do X, Y, and Z. Like the check boxes are fine, but those aren't the things that actually trip students up. What trips students up is the ability to do those things because of their mindset. And the pre-med mindset, we just kind of alluded to it already, is that they think that they have to be perfect. 
And oftentimes, pre-med students will come in with a fixed mindset, meaning, well, I'm just smart. And if I'm just smart, then I should just do well. And then that's it. They don't realize, no, you actually have room to grow. Like you have a lot to learn, not just academically, but you have a lot to learn about yourself. You have a lot to learn about the way that you think. You have a lot to learn about what to do when things don't go your way. And if you keep yourself stuck in that fixed mindset instead of that growth mindset, then oftentimes what you end up doing is convincing yourself that you are not going to reach your goal even while you are reaching your goal. And so wow. I, <laughs> isn't that powerful, right? Like you're trying to reach a goal, but you've convinced yourself that you're not going to do it. So I, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, I posted, you know, the reason that you suck at chemistry and physics is because you fake studying. Like you're not studying for real. Like, come on. Like we know we all did it, right? We pulled out our flashcards. 2000, what was it? 2000, what was that? Faithful. Yeah, I think that was 2009 me. Like, like <laughs> I thought I was doing it, but like, if I look back. Yeah, really you fake studying, right? They pull out their flashcards. I'm like, this is physics. I don't know how many flashcards you think going to teach you physics, but that's not going to happen. Mm-mm. Like, you need to sit down. You need to do questions and problems and understand that you are going to get some of these problems wrong. You might get majority of them wrong in the beginning, but you got to keep working at it. And that that is yet another characteristic that I say to them, like, you need to start thinking like a doctor, right? If a doctor gets the wrong diagnosis the first time where they don't know what's wrong with you, they're not going to throw their hands up and be like, well, don't know what's going to happen to you. You're going to die. So <laughs> I don't know what else to do, right? You wouldn't want to be that kind of doctor. So be the kind of doctor, be the kind of student that when you don't know the answer to something that, yes, you're going to ask for help, you're going to advocate for yourself, and you are going to keep trying. You are going to keep trying and doing the thing that is the most effective for you in order to get the answer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's really the pre-med mindset, you know, that fixed mindset that is kind of like your typical pre-med mindset But we got to move that over to the growth mindset where they understand just because you didn't get it right the first time doesn't mean that it's the end of the world or that you cannot get it right. So stop convincing yourself and stop telling stop telling yourself you can't and ask yourself, how can I? I love it. So how how are you how are you getting them to that transition? And, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure obviously it varies with, you know, person to person mm-hmm. are just some people so fixated at that, that level that it's very difficult to kind of bring them on that side. Like what, what's been some of your, your, your kind of your trials and tribulations just kind of, kind of going doing what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, it does vary. Um, but I find that there are certain things that work. So, you know, some people are just fixated. They're just not ready to go there, you know, and if they're not ready Mm. at that point, you just, you know, keep coaxing them, but you don't push it, right? Like you just say, Hey, listen, this is where you are. So that that's number one is that you got to be candid. You have to be very candid with students, which I am right. A lot of students get, you know, their hands held and whatever. And I'm, you know, after a while, I'm kind of like, listen, you're not ready when you are ready, which I believe you will be ready. But when you are ready, you will get to this point. And so I think kind of that candidness, 
you know, or that candor, if you will, helps them to go, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I have some things that I need to look at, reflect, you know, upon myself. Now, those students who are ready, but still kind of are in that, that comfort zone, if you will, what I do is actually through my medic program, I actually have them interface with medical school recruiters, as well as diversity officers, other physicians, sometimes medical students. And the reason that I have them do that is because, you know, oftentimes pre-meds will say they want this, they want that, they want to do this, they want to do that. So then I'm like, okay, here's the opportunity. Do it. Mm. I want to see you do it. Yes. You want to talk to all the schools. (laughs) You want to get into school. You want to do X, Y, and Z. Here is a person who can actually help you do just that. Put your neck out on the line and do it. Put your feet to the fire. Put your money where your mouth is and do it. Let's go. Right. And so once I see that action, (laughs) that's right about that action. You know what I'm saying? And once they start doing it, they realize, oh, wait, that wasn't as daunting as I thought it was. And by the way, these medical school recruiters, these diversity officers, that physician, that medical student, they're people. They're not like these, you know, high up, you know, almighty, whatever. They're literally just people and they are actually trying to help you and advocate for you. So they start to realize the benefit of getting out of their comfort zones. And you'll you'll be surprised, like you'll have students contacting medical school recruiters, um, diversity officers, other physicians like yourself. You know, you, you have a couple of students from the program who have actually reached out to you. And that's because of the way that I run this program. I'm like, listen, these people are here for you. They went to med school already. They don't, they don't need this. You need this. So put your feet to the fire. That's why I commend you because really, again, you can, you know, you can sit still, right? You can sit still. Your, you know, your, your resume is already written for in stone, right? Like exactly. no, one, no one would question like, you know, what, what was Dr. Dr. Nay is like, nah, she's, she's been there. Like she's been, been there, there done, done that. that like for a while. Right. So you can right. do it. So the fact that you still say like, I'm still going to go that extra mile, still going to put in the work to, cause, cause I want to see you also in my position is what's so commendable about, you know, everything that you're doing. So Thank let's you. let's talk about it. let's talk we kind of we kind of alluded to it let's talk about now the comp- what's the company name again? So my company is actually called Premed Strategies. Okay. Um, and through Premed Strategies, I run the Medic program, which stands for Medical Education Equity. So yeah. like so that 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 brainchild like like because obviously you were doing this before it was a business, right? You were doing this before it was a program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what what made you turn that corner and say like all right I need to get really real like with what I'm already doing but like I really need to get really real with it. and especially because again we you know as we're, we're both content creators right so we understand that yeah you know, we all have certain audiences that work and certain things that we have to do with that audience and yeah. I I've, I've always said I we kind of talked before like the pre med audience like that's a that's a special audience, right? That's just, a you know, tough nut to crack. We, we love them. We love them. But that is a very special audience. And really because yes. of some of the reasons you kind of alluded, a lot mm-hmm. of us, right? A lot of us been smart, right? Yeah. A lot of us been, you know, just kind of chugging along. And then we got hit in the face. And we're not, we don't, we don't know how to deal with that because we, again, we, we've spent years in school 
never being hit in the face. We were clean. Our clothes are clean. Everything, we were fresh, right? right. And then, you know, the obstacle, the undergrad and everything else came, boom, like, like mm-hmm. knocked us off our feet. And now here you are, right? So what, what made you really turn that corner and say, like, I need to get really serious and make this like official yeah. with what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, I think the passion, I first realized that I had this passion for helping pre-meds actually while I was a medical student. And my third year of medical school is actually when I became the pre-med board member, the national pre-med board member of the SNMA. And then subsequently, I became the chairperson of the board directors. But while I was, you know, especially when I was the pre-med board member, I actually had this, a notion of this idea um, of, okay, well, how do we, you know, really help pre-med students to kind of, you know, expose them to certain things that they may not necessarily be exposed to. I don't think that my thought process was as sophisticated as it is right now um, because I didn't have the years of experience behind me back then. But then as I kept going, I just started realizing, wait a minute, you know, there's something here to that pre-med mindset that we just talked about that is more than just about boxing, you know, checking boxes and things like that. When I became chairperson of the board directors, I actually had written out um, this program that I wanted the SNMA to do. Um, But because of, you know, resources and things like that, the SNMA was not actually able to, to do it. So I sat on it for years, but continued to just coach pre-meds, mentor pre-meds, do personal statements, do mock interviews. Like I was just kind of all over the place and students would just come to me. And then with, with social media, it became so much easier to like interface with students, right? You didn't have to like be the like, legend. oh, email like, me. I, 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 that. I cannot reach out to the legend. Like That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it became so much easier. And then after a while, I was like, you know, I really should make this into something because I'd like to spend a good amount of time doing it. Um, And so I I started pre-med strategies back in about 2015, 2016. And so in starting pre-med strategies, my first iteration of my programs were actually coaching programs. I was actually coaching pre-med students for quite some time. And then I had a paradigm shift. And the reason I had a paradigm shift was because of the, uh, the idea of diversity in medicine. And I started thinking, you know, we spend a lot of time coaching students, mentoring students, particularly minority students, how to groom themselves, how to prepare themselves to get into medical school. But medical schools keep saying that they need help with diversifying their classrooms. Mm. So I started thinking, why should the students have to bear the burden, the, you know, the resource burden to be able to do this when it's actually the schools who are looking to recruit them? Mm. And so that's when I ended up making the medic program and saying, you know what? I want these schools to be able to hit their goal, but do it in a very non-traditional way. And that is to have direct access to the students on more than just a one-off recruitment fair occasion, because that's what was happening, right? Like, oh, okay, we'll just go to the SNMA conference. We'll go to the LMSA conference. Oh, you talking we'll right We'll see now. all the, right, right. we'll see all the minorities. Mm. And in that one event, we're pretty much done. Mm. What are you talking right now? Okay, I love it. Yeah. 
right? Or, or they will also, and that's not to say that the schools are not making their efforts, but I think it's very difficult for them to make certain efforts because they, they also either, you know, don't have the manpower or don't have the resources to do it. Or I don't know if they're not putting the resource, whatever there, but there's there, it hasn't been done. The other thing that they will do is they will offer up other programs like, you know, post-bac programs or master's programs, specifically targeting, you know, minority students, which is fine. But that's for students, again, who are bearing the brunt of the resource, right? They have the financial burden to do that. They have to have, you know, the time to do it, you know, they and they have to know about it, Yeah, Um, which becomes. That's a big one. Yeah. You know, it becomes very hard. Programs are like, like in secret, like. Like you wouldn't even know that right. a school has one until like you happen to talk to someone else. Like, oh no, they got a, they got a good one. Yeah, or like a bridge program, right? Like, oh, did you know you could get into such and such a school if you, you know, have this seven year program in your in your school that you didn't even know about has a you know connection to mm-hmm. a medical school, and they're the, the students are not finding out about it until like third or fourth year, you know, into college, and it's like. Okay, like these things should have happened way before that. I mean, I went to right. I went to Florida State, and for those who don't know, like Tallahassee, Florida, Florida State, FAMU, we're like cousins, we're like literally like down the street. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to Nova Southeastern for medical school, and it wasn't until I got to medical school at Nova that they were like, "Oh yeah, we have like a bridge program with Florida A and M." And I was like, "Like I was just what? at Florida State for like four years, like we didn't even know about that." So like, if we don't know, like I'm pretty sure the FAMU folks don't know either. So yeah, like you said you said that right on the head, and I, I like that you mentioned that you have to do it in the a non traditional way because clearly yeah. their traditional ways ain't working. Right. right. We've been trying to diversify medicine for over 50 years and nobody has figured out how to do it. And there isn't going to be one way to do it. Right. There's more than one way to skin a cat, obviously. And it's going to take a multitude of efforts, a culmination of efforts in order to do this. But we do know that, you know, pipeline programs, you know, bridge programs, you know, all these programs have not actually worked. Like if this were a research project, they would have shut it down a long time ago. Like pull, pull, pull this funding out. Yeah. Pull the plug. This is not working. We're spending money and I don't see where my money going. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so that's kind of how I came up with, you know, the program, the medic program in particular, I nixed the um, coaching. I don't do student coaching anymore. Um, I've kind of moved everything that I used to do in terms of coaching into the medic program, which the medic program is free for students. Um, and so I, I'm able to do all of the things that I was doing for them before, at least a majority of the things that I was doing for them before within the program. Um, but now without them bearing the burden um, of the resource, the financial resource in particular. So. I love that because again, it's, and that's, that's one of the things, especially when people ask me how, because I went to Nova Southeastern, we had a class of 200, it was seven of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that like, what made us the worst is like the seven of us, like, it was like a thing. People were like, Oh my God, we got seven black folks here. Like, like that was like. <laughs> Out like, of 200. Right. And people, cause people, they, they were used to seeing maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, which I'm right. like, it's 200 of us like how like how right right so and and out of the seven three of us came matriculated from the postback program right so mm. those that got matriculated in directly was only like four right right so just just like paltry numbers and so i love the fact that like no like the onus should be and has always should have been on on the schools right on the right. people who 
Especially if that's your goal. Yes. Your goal to. Right. You're looking for them. Right. Then like here, here they are. Yeah. Um, That transition, when you went from really focusing on kind of the students to more focusing on the schools, was that well received? Like within the schools? Like what what was your reception when you said like, all right, no, I like we need it. Like y'all need to like tighten up, like not, not us. Right. But like y'all need to tighten up. What was some of that reception? So, you know, it's been, it hasn't been negative. I will say that, but it has been challenging. So the schools that are on the, in the program now are actually Kansas City University, College of Osteopathic Medicine, Des Moines University, College of Osteopathic Medicine, uh, William Carey University, College of Osteopathic Medicine, as well as the, the American Association of Colleges, of osteopathic medicine. So all of them actually are, are osteopathic schools. Uh, shout out. Um, yeah, shout osteopathic out to osteopathic schools. KCU, actually, Kansas City is my alma mater. All right, all right. Um, I got to tell you, no, I got to tell was. I was you got to tell Nova Southeastern, yo. No, but no, they call it, it's called uh, Curon C, but like somebody bought it or somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's called something else now. <laughs> somebody, somebody put a bunch of money up. So now it's a day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so yeah, now no, it's named it. after them. But yeah, it, it hasn't been negative. I have to say that, but it has been a challenge. And I think it's been a challenge because it's such a new way of doing things. And they're kind of like, you know, who is this woman who's coming in and saying like, you know, you basically should put some financial resource to directly, um, you know, directly cultivating these students. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, the schools that are on the in the, in the program right now. And actually it's an app based program. So actually the schools join an app and then through the app and the students join the app too. But through the app, we do all of these programs that help them to interface directly um, with each other, the students and the recruiters. Nice. Um, the schools that are on right now, I can tell you like they were like, absolutely. We want this gung ho, no questions asked. They, as soon as they heard it, they wanted to do it, which tells me something about their commitment to really increasing, you know, the diversity at their schools. And for me, that was, that was so very encouraging because I'm like, you know, there are probably other schools out there who feel like this. Um, And, you know, as soon as I can either get to them or, you know, I can get to the right people Mm. um, at their schools, then I think this will definitely be much more well-received. Um, but you know, it's, it's just been challenging, but I have to say, thankfully it has not been negative. So I'm, I am hopeful that there will be more schools who will join the program. Um, these schools are fantastic. And what's great about it is Dr. Barry, like literally I set up programs for them. We had a three day mock interview, uh, session last week. And all I have to do is ask them, listen, hey, let's, I want to do a mock interview. Um, and all they have to do is show up. That's it. Like, I take care of everything. I take care of the marketing. I get the students. I pair the students together with the, with the interviewers. Oh, um, we had about, I want to say, my goal was to get 180 people total um, between recruiters, medical students, physicians, and pre-med students. We got 163 people signed up. We ended up, um, I think, interviewing over 70-ish pre-med students over the three days. Um, It was just, it was great, you know, and the medical schools 
They were there to be able to talk to these students, to interface with these students. Um, the students were able to ask them questions. It was just a really great thing. And guess what? Like they, they, you know, obviously put up the financial resource to be a part of the program, but the work that they have to put in in order to participate and interact with these students is probably not much more than a couple of hours a month. So imagine going from a recruitment fair that you did for five hours on a Saturday in one year to now potentially nine or eight times out of the year interfacing with these students and then you cultivating, right? The school is actually cultivating saying, hey, students, we need this from you instead of the student guessing I don't know what the school wants from me and then presenting an application that is not going to go through. What I love about that is I don't think people realize, again, I remember, again, I was pretty much a student, you know, walking around Florida state, like, like we didn't have these opportunities. That was, this was not an, like, I didn't like, I was, uh, I was weird because like, I, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I honestly did not know how to be a do- like what that steps were. Like, right. until, like I was a junior in undergrad like until I was junior undergrad which goes to show a lot of us don't really have the mentorship that's there mm-hmm. and I just happened to I actually just posted about this um I just happened to walk into the career center and run into this pre-med advisor uh miss uh miss Anderson uh Thelma Anderson and she was like oh you need to join maps right like I was like like what's maps like, what's maps <laughs> like yeah because you know yeah, I, I don't know right and right. mind you I was only there because of a homework assignment with another class like they told us hey you got to go to the career center Right. Mm. And, you know, do some homework. Like, so I go, I'm in chance. And she, she's like, nope, come to maps. I join maps. And I always tell people like the rest is history. Like I am not yeah. here without that opportunity. And so, so when you hear about being able to like talk to pre-med advisors, schools and all these things there before you get there, like what better way to put yourself in a mental state that like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Then the fact yes. that you're already talking, you're already having these conversations, you're already knowing what you need to do, what you not need to do. So I, I again, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's such an immense opportunity that I, I hope more pre-meds continue to latch on. And really more importantly, right, more schools who, again, again, I don't I don't know what Kiran Patel's numbers are looking like these days. Right. But again, when it was y'all went crazy when it was seven. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Like in out of 200. So like, I'm pretty sure like it ain't that much better now. So I'm hoping more and more schools understand like, like this is the opportunity that they've been looking for. Right. Like, like, and again, I like the fact that, you know, y'all got a whole app, right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a tech person. So I'm like, Oh, I'm already thinking like, Oh, what's the interface? That's a whole different discussion there. Um, But just making it so easy for them. This is definitely something that, like I know will like continue to be great right? in, in, in that right. regards. Um, now, as far as, especially because obviously you're working with the schools and whatnot, um, as far as kind of the obviously, you know, SMA and all these other mm-hmm. organizations as well too, um, do you typically get any referrals as far as like pre-meds? Like how are, how are pre-meds even like finding out about this? Yeah, I mean, much of it is actually organic, you know, mm-hmm. through social media, word of mouth, um, I might have, you know, especially if I have an event ongoing, like the the mock interview event, 
I'll put that out on social media and all of a sudden you'll see like the numbers on the app sh- just just shoot up. Mm. Um, and so much of that is organic. We do have partnerships, however. We have uh, an official partnership with the Student National Medical Association as well as the Tour for Diversity in Medicine, which I'm actually a, a mentor in the Tour for Diversity in Medicine. Um, so those are, you know, the the major organizations, obviously, that you know, I run to whenever, you know, I have something going on. I say, hey, listen, I'm putting this on for the pre-med students, you know, have them sign up, have them come. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll overlap on the students. You know, my my hope is, you know, that I don't have all the pre-med students all to myself. Like that really is not the point. The point is that the program should be a repository of information, you know, a safe space you know, for for pre-med students, especially those who are struggling academically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we know that there is a forum that shall remain nameless out there that isn't very um How is that forum safe? Is still around? Um I like it's ugh. So somebody must be making some good money from it because like <laughs> Yeah, because I, I don't even yeah. Ugh. But um the forum that shall remain nameless, I I do <laughs> I do tell myself, I warn them. I'm like, stay away from that form. It is very uh, toxic. Very. And it will feed your worst fears about yourself and your journey. It will feed it. It will be like, you will never be a doc ever. You yeah. failed chemistry. Yes. Never. Right. And they t- what's worse, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be other pre-meds. To, like, Yes, other pre-meds selling other pre-meds. Like they trying to knock people out. Like, okay, out of these 65,000 people, if I can knock out these two people, that'll help me get into med school. Like, what are you doing? And, and my, like, pre-meds, don't, don't get twisted. If you're a resident, don't go on that site either, right? You right. go into a fellowship, you trying to get a certain yes. job in a place. Like those same negative folks are like, yeah, they, they don't leave. They don't leave. They just, they just, they kind of continue. Their, they just kind of grow That's with. Just, they grow up with it. <laughs> Like, no, that, yeah, that's a cow. Oh, they, yeah. they grow up with it. So, you know, I try to make medic a very safe space for pre-meds to be like, listen, I don't care if your GPA is what mine was when I was a first year uh, college student. Like, well, I think I got a 1.9 GPA. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh no, That was like, I, and my, I was, I was lucky at Florida state that they let us retake and then replace. <laughs> right. Cause like that year was just a, like the only fact, what was, I know there was one, <laughs> my, my wife would know, but like there was one class that I did good in. Everything else was like, no, like, like, yeah. Oh, but that's what it was. Genetics, genetics, uh, genetics, physio, biochem, two lavender. Like, what was I doing? Taking all those classes, all that. All those know. Well, you know, it kills me because here's the, you know, the biggest myth about being pre-med is that you have to be a science major. And I will beg students, beg them, like, listen, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't make that mistake if you don't have to. I mean, I get it that when you were in high school, you liked bio, you liked chem. I liked chem when I was in high school, which is why I picked a chem major. But I liked chem when I was in high school. Yes. Little did I know what chemistry actually entailed and that I was not actually going to be interested in all of chemistry. 
um, to know it to the point where I could be a professor in chemistry, right? Like I didn't need to know that much in chemistry. I needed to take prerequisites. I always tell people, listen, if I had a chance to do it all again, I would have been a theater major. (laughs) I swear. I loved my theater electives. I wish I would have taken theater and then taken my prerequisites as electives. That's Mm -hmm. what I would have done if I had to do it all over again. And so I do let pre-meds know because you're right. They will take 16, 18 credits in their first year. Like this is what I was doing in my first year of college, 16 credits. And then I had calculus, bio, chemistry, English. I'm like, and my pre-med advisor never once thought to be like, "Um, why are you taking so many, you know, loaded classes? Yeah, Never. Um, So, you know, I'm... I am really encouraged, you know, that this program has the number of students that that it has. I think we have over 250 students in the program right now, which is great. Um, We have about seven to 10 students. My my last count is between seven and 10 students who got into medical school as of last year. Let's go. So. Yeah, I mean we we doing good. We almost at the we we almost at the same number as your school. <laughs> yes, yes, no, it's, 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 a, <laughs> oh, it's a it's a sad time. It's a it's a sad sad. sad it's, time. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Mm. Uh, so but yeah, be, before we let you go, what so. What is, what's, what's our goal, right? If I fast forward five years, right? Where, what's Dr. Renee doing right now? Ooh, what is Dr. Renee doing right now? Dr. Renee is smiling because, you know, all, all the medical schools in the country have, you know, 15 and 20% underrepresented students. (laughs) That's the goal. That's the dream. That's the, that's the dream right there. I won't call it a pipe dream, but it's kind of close. Um, but at the very least, a realistic goal would be that, you know, I have a good percentage, you know, maybe over 30% of the schools in the country who are involved in the medic program. Um, and I have, you know, potentially, you know, 3000, 5000 students, um, who are in the program and who are really interacting as much as possible with all of these resources. Right. Um, and then we have a good number of them, you know, a good percentage, maybe, you know, 10%, you know, 18 or 15% um, going into medical school from the medic program. That for me would be a great accomplishment. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful. I mean, that's, that's what the goal is at least right now, five years from now. I love it. So before, before, before we let you go, where can, where where can the pre-meds find you? Where can everybody like what let's let's drop your social and before I start yeah. that again for, yeah. for the pre-meds who are listening to this, I, I want I want to stress this. I've said this before, uh, so it's not like new, right? Like again, you are listening to a person who failed organic chemistry, failed biochem to lab, failed genetics. I think I only passed English that semester. Um, got into got into medical school. You listen to a person who failed his boards. Um, got into the residency I want. You listen to a person to it under four years was a program director. Like, like, do not allow your failures mm-hmm. to deter where you need to be. Right, Absolutely. do not do that. Right again, you you. W- w- this is not a rosy picture right here. This is not a straight A student. You know, yeah, yeah. ninety percentile. Um, like, this is not that. Right, mm-hmm. this is a person who 
decided one that to take action, join a program, right? Like at that time for me, it was maps, right? Yes. Get the mentorship that I needed, right? And again, I was able to, again, like, like just hear about the superstar, Dr. Renee. I didn't, again, mind you, I didn't, we didn't, we didn't officially meet for like years later, right? I just, like, I, I remember I met, I was like, Dr. Renee, like, I just, like, it's about, she probably was like, this guy's crazy. Like, no, like, I remember, like, I remember who Dr. Renee was, especially if you, because I grew, I always say I grew up in like SNMA, like, yeah, the maps. Once I got to medical school, got to medical school, became the uh, president of our SNMA chapter. I yeah. started a math chat. All this is because I knew there are people like Dr. Renee that, you know, <laughs> weren't, weren't going to just allow us to just relax and chill. So if they ain't right. relaxing and chilling, I'm not relaxing and chilling. Right. So again, please, 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 please. Uh, pre-meds who are listening to this, people who want to get to medical school or listen to this, understand that like, yes, their path is still there. You still got to put work in. But when you have people like Dr. Renee, who is willing, right, to put in the work to like pull you across that finish line, please do not um, hesitate uh, and and take advantage of it. So Dr. Renee, again, apologize about that. But like, where where can can people find you? Where can people track you down? Where where can my people join this app? Like, again, like I said, we probably got to talk offline about this app because I'm excited. I like like I'm, I'm tech nerds. Like, I'm like yeah, I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. Yeah. yeah where, where, what, 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 what you doing right now? Like, how, how can, we, how can we follow you? And you know, in yeah, the- absolutely. So you can find me anywhere on social media at Dr. Renee Darko, D R R E N E E D A R K O. Pretty much, Instagram is probably the best place. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, but the best place, the best place actually to find me is actually on my app. <laughs> That's probably the place where I'm the most active because, you know, I really give that attention to the students who are in the program and the way that you can join. And this the is app. A Android and iOS. So this is actually a web based app. So, you know, it's it's web based. So you just, you know, go onto the website pretty much and then you can pull the you know, you can pull the icon onto your um onto your page or on onto ah, your phone nice, um nice. onto your home page of your phone but um essentially the the best way to get to the app and I like to let people get a little bit of a sneak peek of who I am before they start you know joining the app and the best way to do that is you can text future doc f u t u r e d o c all one word to the number 844 529 3009 and it will take you actually through my three-day challenge is a three-day pre-med makeover challenge so you do that go through the challenge and then decide whether or not you you know you want to join the the app the app-based program of medic and um yeah once you join i'll see your your little profile pop up and i'll send you a message welcoming you and boom the programs you know will start you just stay tuned I'll send you text messages, emails, things like that. And um, we'll get you ready to, to, to get to medical school. But I, I do want to comment on what you said, Dr. Barry, about, you know, listening to a person who failed this, failed that same thing here, right? I'm, I'm a person who failed, you know, a number of classes, physics, um, got a D in organic at one point, failed um, general chemistry, right? Like you don't have to be perfect. And I, I also say to students, that failure is a big character builder. It allows you to learn lessons that you would never have learned had you just gone straight through and just done it perfectly. And so, 
you know, it, it helps you to relate to people. It helps you to know what it is that you actually really want because a failure is a huge blow. And it is something that literally could knock you off and just, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. But if you really want to do it, that failure will become a motivator to you. And that's something that you have to, to really kind of understand that when you start talking and interacting with patients who, you know, their diabetic numbers aren't where they want to be, the weight isn't where they want to be, that hypertension isn't as controlled as they want it to be. Again, pre-meds, you got to start thinking like a doctor, even though you're going through this process right now in undergrad or, you know, as a non-traditional pre-med student, you have to understand that these failures will help you in the long run to relate to your patients and make you an excellent, excellent doctor because you'll know what it is to fail and then to triumph. So I, I, I love the fact that you that you mentioned like, hey, listen, we are two people who were not perfect, but we we came out pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Somebody pretty good managed job. to make a doctor out of us. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out, shout out, shout out to those who um said like you know what like i i think they'll still be good like and like i yeah. see i see the blemish but like no like i, I want to take them around and appreciate that uh, again yeah. dr renee thank you for blessing the lunch learning community um again i wanted to make sure i gave you the roses that you deserve uh because again a lot of times we don't get them right a lot of times we don't get them you know we're, we're we're so busy like putting it in work we don't realize like like the the amount of admiration that we have that's just kind of spreading around us, right? Like I said, again, and guys, I'm not like, I'm not hyperbolous with it, right? Like I've really been like, know who Dr. Renee is since I was like a medical pre-med or like, I, pre-med. I, remember, I remember it was, it was been a long time. Like it's a little Well, long. I was, I was pre-medical board member in 2004, 2005. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. It's, it's been, like, yeah. that's, but like that's, that's how long, like she's been putting in work and like, I've been like watching from afar. And like, again, when I, when I work with, you know, you know, the mentees that I work with, right. I, I say like, yeah, you know what? Like, I, like I, if there's people put much more work than me, so I can't even like complain, right. Like I'm just, yeah. <laughs> just uh, that way here. So again, thank you for uh, blessing us, joining the legislative community again. Um, thank you. Hope and wish you so much success uh, and society hopes and wishes you so much success because like the way these numbers are going, right. It's, it's not looking good for us. Yeah, we need it. We, we need these numbers to go up, but thank you so much, Dr. Barry. Like I said, I truly appreciate you. I see everything that you're doing and all the work that you're putting in and all of the information that you're putting out to people. You are definitely, definitely positively affecting people's lives. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board-certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.